Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. With solar being so new, I think what we've always heard is that you first have to convince people to go solar, and then the second challenge is convince people to go solar with you. And so in that sense, you can actually ride that wave of a big national player coming in. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back, Solar Warrior. This is a Tactical Tuesday practical insights from market leaders geared to give you the tools, tips, advice, and direction that you need to win in the clean energy transition. Today's conversation is for you, residential solar installer or salesperson who, like many, have found that, oh my, your sales are now half what they used to be, or at least... (laughs) a lot less than what you had projected. If that's where you find yourself today, well, stick around. You're going to definitely benefit from the conversation between three industry veterans who absolutely understand what is happening for residential installers and how to help overcome it. Also, how to talk with homeowners in this high interest rate environment. As we barrel headlong into fourth quarter, this is absolutely something you cannot afford to avoid or neglect. If you like conversations like this, practical, tactical input on how to build your business or career, well, you are in the right place, my friend. I'm so grateful that you are giving us the one thing that you'll never be able to recover. It's a non-renewable resource, your time. So thank you for investing it right here in Suncast. Each and every week we bring you conversations just like this, practical, tactical Tuesdays and informed long form executive profiles on Thursdays. I hope that you will enjoy this conversation, which is actually hosted not by myself, but my friend Scott Wynn from Bodhi Solar. You should easily find additional ways to engage with us, including ways that you can watch this session that was recorded live from our Power Up Live stage via our YouTube channel, all in the description of whatever platform you are listening on today. For now, let's get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior as we tune in to another powerful, practical, tactical Tuesday here on Suncast. All right, welcome back to the Power Up Live podcast stage presented by KeyBank Capital Markets. My name is Nico Johnson. I'm the host here as well as on the Suncast podcast. But today we're going to be hosted by someone else who we often have on the Suncast stage, and that is my good friend, Scott Wynn. If you are in the residential particular, the residential solar industry, you have to deal with sales on a day-to-day basis. And my guess is that you are experiencing the title of today's talk. Oh shit, (laughs) my sales are half what they used to be. How to deal with that and how to help you through it are the conversation of the day with my friend Scott from Bodhi. He's the CEO of the tech platform Bodhi that helps all across the solar landscape. We also have joining Scott, Rachel Finn, finance specialist at Green Tech Renewables, and 
Mr. Stan Pipkin, CEO at Lighthouse Solar down in Texas. Scott, I'm going to hand it off to you and get off the stage. All right. Thanks a lot, Nico. So we did a panel like this last year where we're kind of looking forward to what happens post-sale. But of course, the landscape has changed quite a bit. And so what we wanted to do today was really kind of just talk about the elephant in the room, which is, shit, my sales are half of what they used to be. So I want to welcome everyone to today's special panel, shit, my sales are half of what they used to be, strategy to overcome high interest rates and be ready to grow when the market does rebound. And as you wait, as we wait for anybody else to kind of trickle in, I think those that do are aware of the webinars that we that Bodhi puts on. You guys know that I like to start off with a dad joke. So, are you guys ready for that? Okay. So, what did my dog say when I asked her what two minus two is? She said nothing. <laughs> they don't even have to thanks, be solar. Dan. Oh, nice, nice. You're I a killer. Can. Thanks, thanks, Dan. The sphere is just opening for uh, you, I think. It is starting. So thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining me. So all right, let's start. I want to talk to every want to thank everyone for coming to today's event in this t- panel right now. Like uh, Nico said, I'm Scott Wynn, the founder and CEO of Bodhi, a software platform that helps residential solar grump- companies deliver amazing customer experiences with ease. Now, before I begin, I just want to you know, get a quick poll of the audience here. Not quite that many, but how many are in the audience? There are solar installers, residential solar installers out there. Okay. Keep your hands up if you have seen your sales numbers fall short of your forecast for 2023. All right. Okay. <laughs> now, how many of you actually have a solid plan that you're comfortable with to make it through to when the market does rebound? All right, that's zero. Oh, I got half a hand right there. Hey, I'll tell Colin about your half hand. <laughs> All right. So why are we here today? So what we're going to try to do is answer the question, how can, how can we overcome those high interest rates now and really be ready to grow when the market does rebound? Because it's going to happen. This is a solar coaster. And today what we, we have, as Nico mentioned, we've got two heavyweights in the industry here to answer that question and give us tips on what we can do within our own solar businesses. So we have Rachel Finn, a commercial finance specialist at Green Tech Renewables. So Rachel, for those that are not familiar with Green Tech Renewables finance, I think most people just try to buy panels and other stuff from y'all. Can you give just a quick 30 second explanation of uh, the finance p- component? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we all of our uh, specialists, we're all green tech employees. And so we partner with lenders. And so we will create either like specials, we'll have lower dealer fees, things like that. So it just helps to route the money where it needs to go faster. Okay, cool. Thank you. And then we also have Stan Pipkin, the CEO. Oh, can you move your mic a little bit closer? (laughs) All right. We also have Stan Pipkin, who is the CEO of Lighthouse Solar. You guys have been around for how long ago now? In in actual years or solar years? In so dog years. 50, yeah, the dog years to the joke. It's uh, 15 years or so. 15 years in central Austin. And let everyone know there, Stan put solar on my house back in 2017. <laughs> And, and once again, and, and we're still talking. I know it was great, right? <laughs> and I think once again, in I don't know, about a year or two ago. All right, so we want to have um, audience participation. So if you do have any questions, just raise your hand. Come out right here in the middle. 
I'll call on you. And so we'll also save time at the end for Q&A. All right. So let's dive in, you know, and see what kind of the panelists have uh, insights that they have to offer. I want to first set the stage. We already know what the title is, but if you guys remember last year at this time, there are a lot of folks out there that will argue that we were actually at peak residential growth. Pink Energy Power Home, they declared bankruptcy while we were at the conference last year. That's when interest rates really started to climb. And then since then, this year, it's just really been, it's been tough for a lot of installers across the U.S. And so I was looking at the Ome Analytics um, market report and they were, I forgot exactly, but they were t- saying about, so far this year is about a 5 to 10% drop in residential solar once you start to exclude California um, versus last year. And so let's start, you know, tackle this question right away. I mean, what are you guys seeing Rachel, with your customers, how are they doing this year relative to last year? I mean, I would say they are definitely plateauing this year. They were very optimistic last year. Um, They were growing exponentially. But this year, I think a lot of our installers have, they've pulled back on either staffing or, you know, I don't know. And what do you think it's, is it that, okay, so two questions. First is, I mean, what do you think is the root cause of that? And then second, does there any distinction between the types of installers that are facing the most issues? Let's start with that second part. I would say that the national installers are seem to be having the most trouble. Our local installers, our regional installers seem to actually, after a little bit of rockiness, they figured out how to pivot and then they've actually... I'd say that they're, again, they're plateauing, but they're optimistic for next year. And I think that there's a lot of kind of things in the works, either financially or just, you know, the IRA, some, you know, policy that I think that they're going to really, I think they'll be fine next year. And they're optimistic. They're optimistic. So, Stan, are you optimistic? Or what's happening in the central Texas region? I mean, Texas, you know, Year a year ago, two years ago, saw tremendous growth. I think Texas last year had the largest growth in solar across the U.S. This year has been a a very different case in the state. How what are y'all seeing? Yeah, actually, what uh, Rachel just described is uh, we are a regional um, company, and we're we're situated in Central Texas, and really have been. Um, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Like the you know solar seasonal in in Texas in particular, and. Uh, this spring, kind of, uh, we always expect a slow time is a lag from the the winter. Um, it persisted uh, more than, and so there's a there's some tenuous uh, months, but it's actually rebounded much faster um, and, and more robustly in ways that we did have to pivot. We started some things, put some things in place that are bearing fruit now, and so we're actually uh, more bullish than we had been. So can you ex- can you expand on what that pivot was for your company? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, the last couple of days here at the show, like what I look around, like, I mean, uh, there's the basement hall, there's the main hall, and then there's another hall in another building. And they all have kind of a different tone. They have, you know, different offerings. It's much more varied than previous years. And that's like that, that principle, like a varied set of offerings has been our, uh, the space that we've been able to move into, uh, which means like, it's not just solar plus storage, but there's, uh, we've seen our customers still want to do something. Um, financing has limited the ease of access to do something very quickly. Uh, but if we can offer 
multiple avenues of how they begin the journey and start a relationship with a company like ours or others, um, then they become customers. And we've that that sort of the follow on sales um, that uh, cycle is much faster than we expected. And so we're getting repeat customers that are one year old and one year um, old. Yeah. Okay. So you're selling solar. And then maybe they're can you expand on that? What are they doing in that second that second year? Yeah, I think uh, folks come with the with the interest of solar plus storage, the the the, the full Monty, and mm. then they say, well, we can't finance this; it's too expensive. Uh, cash maybe is we've got a plan for that. You start breaking it apart and say, how do we plan this roadmap? And and you could kind of do it selectively. Um, and the the access points could be EV charging right now. It could be a small solar system to kind of figure this out. It could be dis- uh, monitoring alone. Those are all um, very distinct sales opportunities mm-hmm. and, and require a different approach with the sales team. Mm-hmm. So our sales team has had to become more cross, cross-trained in some of these technologies, but it's allowed those opportunities not to wither or go away. They just they catalyze something that will mature in the next seasons, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And so on that topic of that pivot, Rachel, do you have an example of what some of your companies have done in that pivot? Yeah, I mean, it starts from either the way that they sell. So maybe they were doing online marketing, mainly phone calls and things like that. Um, And then I've had several installers engage in um, like farmers markets and things like that. Farmers markets. Farmers markets. Okay. They get a lot it's of It's not just that um, way. Sunrun at Costco. Is that what uh, uh, it was before, no. right? <laughs> it's a little different. More kombucha. More kombucha. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sales uh, tip out there. Brand your own kombucha. Add that with your solar sale. Great. According to Rachel <laughs> Finn. <laughs> hey, if you're looking for a way to maximize the ROI for your next utility project, I would like to point you to SunGrow's new SG4400 modular inverter. This new innovative solution will reduce capital and operating expenses because it arrives already on a skid with a step-up transformer. It's built using four 1100KW modules so that if one of them fails, well, the other three keep powering right on through as the DC and AC protection are completely separate between the modules. You can learn more about this fantastic new product and more mysuncast.com forward slash sungrow. In a world where lots of solar technology providers seem to blend together and have little differentiation, it truly is necessary that you are able to dig deeper, get more resources and tools, and have more breadth of opportunity to learn and share with your core partners. Trina Solar is leaning in to the many requests for the Trina Hub, the new global partner portal dedicated to giving partner training courses and certifications, as well as a full asset library of pre-built and co-branded marketing resources for channel support. I'd like to encourage you to try Trina Hub for yourself. See how it helps grow your solar business and develop or enhance your digital marketing ecosystem. Learn more and sign up today at mysuncast.com forward slash Trina. So yeah, so I'd say sales and then maybe they're looking and, you know, I do focus on commercial, um, but I also cover residential. So maybe they're doing residential solar installation, but 
you know, they're moving more meaningfully into commercial or, you know, yeah. to help with Yeah, sales. I've heard that. I've heard that yeah. even though for the companies, I think CNI I've heard is actually doing decently um, this year compared to previous years. Um, Stan, your company has always had a resi component and a commercial component. How do those two play and how have those varied through the years? Yeah, we, we, we always have had a, a fairly diverse set of offerings. Residential has been kind of the backbone. Um, mm -hmm. I'd say the, the three legs of the stool for us right now are residential, commercial, and service. So they all have distinctive, um, you know, kind of sales processes and operational workflows. Um, what we're finding, uh, we've, we have the, you know, the, the, the stack is, is more weighted towards commercial, still not predominant, but more intense. And then service has grown kind of radically. Um, mm -hmm. And then the other thing that we've noticed is that they're intermingling. So one of the challenges we have internally is, you know, we, we get an interest and it is both uh, a residential project and a service lead at the same time. Can you so describe that? Could explain that a little bit more? People are, uh, we get a number of customers, not ours, but others that may have been orphaned. Mm -hmm. and so that's, a, I think that's distinct in Texas when you speak about the bankruptcies. Um, they come in and say, something's not working and I want to look at batteries or an expansion. And so there's simultaneously, you know, a, a re-engagement of their system. And then they realize that they need, they want, need something else altogether. And so we're seeing a lot of commingling mm -hmm. uh, of that internally. The same happens between residential and commercial. Um, we focus on small commercial. So there is legitimate overlap mm -hmm. um, from our customer base that way. Um, so that, that diversity has been a bit of a, an inoculation to the kind of big, you know, the big change in the, in the interest rates really just cut out not just access to solar, but actually um, a robust indirect marketing channel for companies like us. So mm -hmm. the powers, the pink, the, the others that are um, very, you know, they're blanketing the, the landscape and they're sort of plowing up interest and mm -hmm. that interest doesn't all go to them. It goes to everybody else. Um, and so that was um, that was a realization for us that we were drafting on that you know, sort of awareness yeah. building campaign that was part of, you know, the marketing of many different companies overlapping. Yeah, that's true. I think it's like with solar being so new, I think what we've always heard is that you first have to convince people to go solar. And then the second part challenge is convince people to go solar with you. Right? Right, right. And so in that sense, you can actually ride that wave of a big national player coming in. Yeah. On that front, sorry to piggyback on yeah, for you, sure. Scott, is that I have an installer in, in Colorado who partnered with the local utility for that sort of thing. Like right. maybe the solar ins uh, starts to be installed and then the company goes out of business. And so this particular solar installer will then kind of come in and pick up the pieces and then, you know, attract some additional sales. Yeah, so. that's right. And so what you're saying is that you get, you're able to pick up that project, complete that, get some of the revenue from it. But Stan, what you're replying is that there is a whole nother potential customer value to be gained just from doing that because of all the additional um, sales opportunities to that customer? Uh, for sure. I mean, we, we, we can't sort of predetermine what, what comes up when that it's a, it's a latency. So they're, they're there, something happened, something was wrong and they realize they need something, but you know, we kind of believe that everybody is uh, we're kind of beyond the, place where we need to convince people to do solar now it's really how do we guide them through this entire energy journey mm -hmm. and so we don't know where they are on that so the first step is just to be is to present an, an honest inquiry 
And I'd say that's kind of the other big thing we've we've recognized. Like there's a vacuum of of um, trust in Texas in particular. It's probably in other markets, but uh, you know we're picking up the pieces from things that just didn't work and um, left have left a lot of consumers doubting our industry's capacity to deliver on our promise. Yeah, and so just doing that alone uh, goes a long way. Okay, want to shift the conversation a little bit. Um... I mean, one thing we haven't really touched on too much right now is just the high interest rates that are out there for, you know, those traditional loans that are financed, let's say, from the mosaics, dividends, sunlights of the world. The one area that has grown in the past half a year are third-party financing, PPAs, leases. How do y'all see that within y'all's business and kind of the, the landscape Rachel, I mean, how does that, does third-party financing at all play into the financing options that Greentech provides? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would say that there are more and more financiers who are bringing on leases as part of their offerings. Um, there is a definite interest, especially in California. Um, any of the installers that I've talked to recently who are actually growing are utilizing leases right now mm -hmm. or, you know, PPAs. Sure, it, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely helping them grow because it's more of, you know, what salespeople are comfortable. It's a bill swap, right? Like you could be spending $200 to the utility or $150 on, on a lease. But, but I'd say I've heard those from sales folks that have never sold leases or PPAs before. It is actually a very different sales process, and it's actually kind of hard to try to present it to the consumer, the homeowner, the different options. Like, hey, here's buying your system. Here's a different option. Stan, I mean, you guys have a good portion of your business, which are cash. You do do loans, not just from the, the big guys, but from some of the credit unions and smaller ones. How do you see those different options as compared to hey, trying out, let's say, one of the new PPAs or lease options that, that are out there? Yeah, I mean, our, our particular set of utility markets, uh, some are the leases and PPAs are just not available because mm -hmm. of the utility regulations. In other places, the the rates are so low that the economics are just are, uh, dodgy. Mm -hmm. um, in the areas where the rates can be higher, um, it's we found it's a very difficult conversation. One one that you can handle, but many customers aren't ready to understand all the exposures to you know rate changes. In the in the deregulated market, and a PPA or a lease is kind of a fixed program, and so uh, the the offer needs to be very simplified, um, so that from a execution standpoint, it's you control the cost mm -hmm. and the price. Um, so we're not we're not you know in, inside Lighthouse, we're not seeing a huge opportunity. Like that's actually uh, the market in Texas, ERCOT, and the the the, the pricing. Uh, the way that's working, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of risk risk for us. Mm -hmm. We're actually seeing more opportunity to bring the banks and the credit unions into the solar space in a more mature way. I yeah, mean, I think the 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 financing companies have done good to see the interest and um, speak about financing ownership. Um, and credit unions, I think, are picking up that. So it's you know in some ways we're we're trailing that solar has become more bankable mm -hmm. it's, it's a secured asset even though yeah. it, maybe it, it's not papered up in the same way that a lease or PPA is um but i think we're pulling people pulling institutions off the sidelines which is exciting yeah all right man 30 minutes or are... time flies around we're having these conversations so 
I want to jump over to our third conversation, our third topic. I mean, we know that the market will rebound. We've been through the solar coaster before. What are y'all doing or what are you seeing, Rachel, with some of the installers that you're working with? What are they doing right now to plan for that future so that when the market does rebound, let's say, hopefully, maybe next year, Q2, someone told me that, I don't know. Um, How can they dominate their market? Because right now, companies, there is those that are not doing well, they're falling to the wayside. And so... What can they do to be the ones to be on top of that market when that market does rebound? Yeah, well, kind of going back to what I said earlier about um, the fact that we've seen regional installers really, you know, they're the ones I think are going to succeed in this market, especially next year. So I think just leaning into that, like being the expert in your area, you know, so whether that's like creating relationships with the utilities the permit office, the permit office, you know, like I think really just leaning into being the regional expert. And then I think that's what I've seen most, actually. Yeah, I would I would I would draft that a little bit. I mean, we're um, our our, cus- our existing customers are our strongest antidote for to this this fluctuation. And, uh, you know, Texas now has two seasons, summer and um, <laughs> catastrophic freezes. <laughs> um, so I think that we're looking at like how does you know the resiliency system so solar solar plus storage and you know really understand the customer's experience through those potential events mm-hmm. so it means uh being far more intentional about communicating to them both in a kind of a project journey and then a closeout and then like the functional life of the the early life of a system so, so someone invests in a very complicated powerful high-tech system at their house and they don't know how to drive it and we need to make sure they know how to drive it through kind of good times and bad times and that's our approach to building a customer base that you know knows us trusts us understands what it is and then can promote it and speaking about a customer base that trusts you you guys actually did something more recently with Enphase and span this collaboration kind of a marketing thing to try to um re-engage those customers. Can you tell the audience a little bit about that program and where you're able to get those marketing dollars from? Yeah. Uh, so um, I think it's not a novel idea, but it, it sounded like it was uh, uh, unprecedented in the solar space. So uh, I've heard now there's MDF, co-op dollars. It's essentially pulling the manufacturers and the distributors into market creation rather than just serving the market. And um, it's still brand forward, so it's Lighthouse's event, but it's with, it's kind of bringing our ecosystem to bear to say we're all doing this together. We're not just, it's not transactional. Um, our success is dependent on, uh, you know, a supplier making good choices upstream and uh, presenting that to the customers. And some of these were customers that have, you know, they were 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been with us. And I was shocked. It was a small event, but it was promising to say that these folks, we haven't heard from them. We haven't talked to them necessarily, but they're they're paying attention. And mm. so I think it goes back to the case that we don't know what people out there are really thinking. And, and my hunch is, and what we're starting to validate is that they're they're thinking in a they're aligned with us. Mm. It's just getting kind of uh, getting you know surfacing that is yeah. the, is the challenge. Do we have questions from the audience that y'all want to pose to either Rachel or Stan? Any questions whatsoever? Adam. Question. (laughs) 
Uh, my question's on the sales side of I find it's often triggered by some event from the customer's user experience where it's the big three that we started off with is I'm looking for a new roof or I just put on a new roof. Um, how does solar like that's what's making them start to think about solar, um, getting an EV or getting a heat pump. Those are the big three that we would do targeted marketing as. I think we've added four and five in terms of this is the biggest bill I've ever gotten in my life is one. And then I've had a power outage and now I would, I'm interested in backup. Can you guys add like six, seven, eight of any other triggering events that you'd see of the customers aren't thinking about solar just because solar. We all love solar on this show, but the customers are thinking about it in terms of that trigger event and how does solar blend with that and from their unique user experience. So can you guys expand on any other trigger events that you think of from their perspective? Do you want to start or I can? So I think that's actually a pretty good list. I would start to qualify the trigger. There's, there are acute triggers, which are, you know, it's event-based. Um, you know, doesn't have to be the biggest bill. It's actually any any bill. Um, and if it's, I think there's also like environmental. So if it's if it's been hot uh, in our part of the world for, you know, 100 straight days over 100, there's fatigue and they just say, I can't do this anymore. And that starts to overlap with the outage. So we're seeing fewer like singular triggers, but there's kind of combined environmental, like there's a, there's a feeling. Yeah. Um, so I actually think your list is actually pretty good. Um, I, there are others that are probably kind of nuanced. Um, just moving into a house is a, is a big one. Um, they're looking at kind of the, the whole picture. So yeah. the first bill in a new house is also a, a, a real trigger. Um, yeah. Kind of Ra the unexpected. Yeah. Rachel, do you have anything to add there? I mean, just, Personally, I mean, we always get these emails from ERCOT right now, like, can we conserve energy from five until nine every night? But now we're starting to get these. We're at like critical level two of like potentially rolling, rolling black, blackouts. blackouts. Yeah. So that's a huge one. Yeah. That, you know, it's me very personally. All right. We only got a couple of minutes left. So if you do have questions, I think the panelists will be here afterwards as well. But I want to just... um have a little bit of a um, outro, real quick, rapid fire. Twenty twenty four will be rebounding and difficult. Twenty twenty four will be stabilizing. That's official words from Rachel <laughs> Finn and Stan Pipkin. I want to thank everyone sitting out there and all those listening in on the live broadcast. All right, well, thank you so much for sticking around all the way to the end of this fantastic live panel by Scott, Rachel, and Stan. I learned a lot when I got a chance to watch it live at our Power Up Live stage, and I'm grateful that you are tuning in here for this replay. Look, we really do, as was said on the show, need to figure out how to guide the customer through the entire energy journey. The customer buying journey is so critical. So I'd love to hear how you are dealing with and getting through the stages of, oh my, where are all my sales right now? As we continue to evaluate, how do we address this high interest scenario that we find ourselves in? And in a market where we are potentially heading into a recession, consumers are increasingly pinching pennies and thinking more about the pocketbooks and less about their appliances. I think solar is one of those. But how do we grow the market and overcome these obstacles as the market begins 
to rebound? I'd love to hear your answers. Please drop me a line on LinkedIn. Shoot me an email, nico at mysuncast.com. And for sure, while you're at mysuncast.com, which I'm no doubt expecting that you will visit, you can get all of the links from our show notes on the episodes page, as well as subscribe to our newsletter so that you don't miss a single episode. Each and every time we publish one, we'll shoot you a little email, let you know the next episode is out. Thank you to our sponsors who help make this possible for you each and every week. It only costs your time and attention, and they put up the execution dollars to make sure that we get it all right and right on time. You can learn more about our sponsors by visiting mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. That's also how you could find ways that you could partner with us to reach thousands of solo warriors and clean tech champions twice a week, just like they do. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solo Warrior. It's half the battle.